So today we're going to be learning about the month of Cheshvan. And I want to start with a, a Torah from Rav Shlomo Karlbach on the month of Cheshvan. And it fits in perfectly with the Parsha. And it's really, it's a, it's really a, a kind of a whole different way to look at this month. So in this Parsha, we have the whole story of, of Avram negotiating with God about saving the cities of Sodom and Amora. And as we know, the negotiation was 50, 45, 40, 30, 20, 10. And after 10, Avram says no more. It says Hashem left the place. The Avram shav komo. He returned to his place. So, the, so Rashi says when the judge leaves, so the defender also leaves. There's nothing else to do. The, the judge is gone. And the prosecutor proceeds to do what he has to do. That's what Rashi says. So the simple understanding is the negotiations are over. He, he did not succeed. God left. And Avram returned to his place. So I heard from Rav Shlomo. I don't know if this was his idea or he was quoting um, one of the Hasidic Rebbe's. But he said how we can understand it is when it says Avram returned to his place means he returned to the same place from which he was davening and he didn't give up. Even though it seems from the pshat, it's over. It's over. But that he returned to his place of continuing to daven for them. The, well, that is exactly it because on, on the surface it appears that Avram totally failed, but because Lot is saved on the merit of Avram, and from Lot comes Rut, and from Rut comes Mashiach, so we're told that his, his prayer was not completely um, a failure. From it came actually the spark of Mashiach. So what does it have to do with the month, month of Cheshvan? So Reb Shlomo explained like this, Bezrat Hashem, we all had high, deep, profound, meaningful Chagim. And we all poured out our hearts for, it's actually 52 days from Rosh Chodesh Elul until Simchas Torah. 52 days of a process of tshuva. And then comes Chodesh Cheshvan. There are no holidays. Everyone's back to their normal schedule. So, and we're going to see in a minute how this runs through the whole month. So the question is, what do we do now? Do we just go back like, well, Chagim were great this year. But nothing moved, nothing changed for this we're just back to normal. Or did something move and something change? 
So he explained, that's what it means. Avram returned to his place. This month is actually very, very special because this makes the difference between if the Chagim really changed us or it was a great experience, peak experience. But now we're back to normal. Nothing changed. Cheshvan, uh, linguistically, is very close to Cheshbon. Now, we got used to Cheshbon HaNefesh in Elul and Tishrei. But the idea of Avram returned to his place, he continued the Cheshbon. In other words, this is the month that makes the difference between are we going to apply everything we daven for, or is it like something in the past and, and that's it. So it's a very, very uh, actually basic but deep understanding of what this whole month is about. And according to tradition, when we do Mavarchim Chodesh, so most people, when they announce the Chodesh, they call it Mar Cheshvan. Mar meaning bitter, the bitter month of Cheshvan. Why? There's no holidays. And after the, the high of Tishrei, it's like a little bitter to have to go back to the regular world, as it were. According to Hasidic custom, when you announce the moon, you call it Ram Cheshvan. Ram is the same letters as Mar, just turned backwards. In other words, it's the high month of Cheshvan. So this becomes the challenge of this month, and it is a challenge. Is it going to be Mar Cheshvan, or is it going to be Mar Cheshvan? Ram Cheshvan. Either Mar or Ram. So that's like, that's like the challenge of this month. Do people, uh, if they're saying the difference of Kodesh, do they have to say the, either add those two? No, you do not have to. It's, it's a custom. It's, it's a month of Cheshvan. The Mar and the Ram were added later. That's not the official name of the month. It's a custom to, to add either Mar or Rabbit. One does not have to. Okay, now everyone has these sheets in front of you. And um, I'm going to actually ask that you keep these and bring them every week. I'll always have some spare if new people come. But um, this is a very, very important uh, chart. And this is what we're going to be working from for as long as the, this particular class lasts. If people lasts. keep it along with the stuff from Rob Eliyahu's chair that I bring each week, the notebook, yeah. Okay, fine. I have a place to keep it. Great, great. Okay, so, as I said, we're going to divide this class in two. In the second part, I'm going to explain more of the basics. But I want to do Cheshvan now according to this um, this chart, meaning that we're, we're going to look at five or six different call them elements or factors or better keys to understanding the month. The m- main basis of this chart is Sefer Yitzira. This is 
the, the basic text that gave us the keys to understand each month. And as we explained in previous classes, that these are not like cute little associations. They actually give us a, a handle on what we can accomplish in this month, what the challenges of the month are, what the possibilities of the month are. And since our whole calendar is based on a lunar calendar, then each month is a world in itself. It's an absolute world in itself. And we discussed this, that in the secular calendar, the difference between January and February or March is just maybe what um, holiday will be there or what secular uh, commemorative event. But there's nothing intrinsically different about January, February, or March. But in our tradition, each month is a world to its own. That's why, as we said, we announce each moon, Mavarchim Chodesh. we have Rosh Chodesh, and then we do Kiddush Levana. Every month, there are three different rituals based around making sure that we know what month it is. And for our purposes, for those who are interested in spiritual growth, what are the possibilities of the month? What are we supposed to plug into? What can we, how can we grow by connecting to the energy of the month? So Sefer Yitzhira started the process and over the generations, more layers were added. But um, the beginning is really Sefer Yitzhira. So let's look at the month of Cheshvan. <coughs> and just to review, Sefer Yitzhira posits that the 22 Hebrew letters are divided into three divisions. I'm not going to go back over it now. Three mother letters, seven double letters, meaning they have two pronunciations, and 12 what are called the simple letters. Now the 12 simple letters obviously correspond to the 12 months. So that's the connection. But what is highly significant is the way that Sefer Yitzhira expresses it. It's, it doesn't say the month, for example, the month of Cheshvan is symbolized by the letter Nun. The way it says it is through the letter Nun the month of Cheshvan was created. The big difference, huge difference. And this is based on the whole premise of Sefer Yitzira, which is 100% accepted throughout uh, the Gemara, the Midrash, Pirkei Avot, obviously Kabbalah and Hasidut, that through the Hebrew letters God created the world with 10 expressions, 10 expressions of speech God created the world. Well, what were those expressions? Those were words. And the words are made up of letters. So, as, as, as Sefer Yitzhira says, that there are 22 foundation letters. And it says that God engraved them and he uh, permuted them 
and he contemplated them, and through them, everything that was ever created and will be created came into being. But this, even though Sefer Tzirah is considered the first book of Kabbalah, this tradition is absolutely accepted as pshat, whether it's Gomorrah, Midrash, um, uh, anything, anything, Pirkei Avot, like I said, uh, it's all accepted. So the month of Cheshvan is connected to Nun. Now we started with this idea, and, this, and we're going to follow this through, that this month is very much a critical month because it really, it really matters whether we're able to continue the energy of Tishrei or it just fades away. So the letter Nun, there's, there's two traditions about the letter Nun. I'm sure everyone's aware of the idea that in Ashrei, Ashrei is according to the Aleph Bet, but the Nun is missing. Goes to all the letters, Nun is missing. So they explain why. Is because David Amelach did not want to hint to the, to the idea of nefilah, of falling, which begins with a nun. So nun is missing, but what is the next verse? Somech Hashem the call Hanoflim. God picks up or supports all those who have fallen. But David didn't want to start the pasuk with a nun because in the Gemara he's called a nephel. He's called, his, his neshama is called a miscarriage. A very, very deep inyan about David Amelech. Everyone knows the Midrash that when Adam was given a, a vision of all the generations that would follow, he saw this great neshama, David Amelech, but he had no time apportioned to this soul in this world. So do you remember this midrash? That Adam contributed 70 years of his life to David. And that's why Adam dies at the, at the age of 930. He was meant to live to a thousand. But he took 70 years, however we understand that, and he contributed it to David Melech. So this idea, this is um, uh, essential to understanding the soul of David Melech, that at every moment he, he was hovering between feeling he had no place in this world, no time and no place, and at the same time, a feeling of ecstasy that he was granted time and place in this world. That's why in the Tehillim, the Tehillim reached the depths of despair and the heights of ecstasy. This was the nature of David's soul. And this is the Nun. And that's why this month is created through the letter Nun because this month is probably the easiest month of the year to fall. Gravity, whatever goes up, must come down. 
So hopefully we all got very up <laughs> during the Chagim, but the laws of gravity are spiritual laws also. But then on the other hand, in Masechet Sanhedrin, they, there's a, a number of opinions. What is the name of Mashiach? I believe there are five different opinions that are given. One of them comes from Tehillim, that David wrote to his son Shlomo, and the name is Yenun Shema. Yenun is a proper name, but it's the letter Nun. He will, he will manifest the aspect of Nun. So, of course, along with Nun, Nun equals 50. So there are many very uh, important concepts of 50. It's Shavuos, it's Yovel, and it's the 50 gates of understanding. So here you see the Nun um, more than most letters. Almost every letter has uh, kind of like a dual aspect to it, but Nun is very pronounced as far as falling and rising. Again, we climb the mountain to Shavuot, we count 49 days till we get to the 50th day. And without getting into it, the whole idea of the 50 gates of understanding. Okay, so let's go uh, more, is the tribe. The tribe is not given over in Sefer Yitzira, it's a later development. And there are two basic, call it shitas, how you connect the tribes to the months, because it is a very, very strong tradition that the, the tw <coughs> 12 months, the 12 tribes, and the 12 constellations all line up. They all, they're parallel, they're, they're all connected in a deep way. And Sefer Yitzira connects the, 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 the uh, constellation. But the planets come different. This list that we have in this order is according to the Arizal. And if you look at the list, what, um, I'll mention it, but then you'll, you'll notice that this is the order that we camped in the desert. In the book of Bab Midbar, these are the, the first three, are the, is the tribe of Yehuda that camped in the east. And then it continues, the next three are a camp, <coughs> next three, the next three. In other words, these are not chronological, as you can notice, these are not chronological. The other Shita before the Arizal did it chronologically. But the general klal is, there are exceptions, the general klal is whatever the Arizal said, that's what we follow. He was considered such a um, pure neshama that if he said this is the way it is, that's, that's, what it, that's what is accepted. So that's the line up here. Now the interesting thing, according to this, the tribe that connects to this month is Menasha. Now Menasha, you take the letters of Menasha and you permute them differently, is Neshama. It's the same, same letters, Menasha and Neshama. And Neshama begins with a Nun. 
begins with a nun, which is connected, I'll go right to the next one, which is also from Sefer Yitzira, is every month has what's called a chush, a sense. If you look at the 12 here, you'll find the five, what we call physical um, senses, and another seven that we're not used to thinking of as senses. Here, they, some of them are physical, and others are a, a certain sense in the soul that is considered like a cardinal sense. So the sense, according to Sefer Yitzir, of this month is smell. Now, this is connected to a number of things. So first of all, it's, it's quite interesting that the first time, at least explicitly, the, the word for smell is mentioned is in Parsha Noach, which is at the very beginning of Cheshvan. If you remember, that's when Noach brought a sacrifice after they had landed. And the Torah says it was a good smell to God. Literally says, Reach Nichoach. It was, it was sweet smelling to God. So it's just interesting that the chush that was chosen for this month is connected to the first time that the word Reach appears in the Torah. But there's a deeper connection also is in the, the story of eating of the Eitzadah Tovarah. So we're told, according to the, the Pas, the Psukim, that four of the five senses were involved in the sin. That she looked at the fruit and she touched it and she ate it and she heard the, the reasoning of the snake. So four of the five, and it's pointed out that smell was not affected. It was the only sense that was not affected. And therefore they say that of all of the physical senses, the reach is the most spiritual and is the, is the one most connected to the neshama. Take you back 40 years, you know? Yes. So I feel yeah. smell of cut grass or something like that. Absolutely, like that. absolutely. It has. I mean, the truth is, if you see something, it could remind you also. True. But Reach is, it's a very, it's, it's a very uh, ethereal sense. So, so it, again, it's connected to this month, but this month is ethereal. There's, uh, we're told there's no holiday, so it's like we're used to holidays or commemorative events or fast days or, or something that mark the month. So this month, like I said, is, 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 is somewhat ethereal. I want to go back a bit and um, also with this dual energy of Cheshvan. What's interesting is that one of the reasons that we're told that we should call it Ram Cheshvan 
is there's a tradition that the third temple will be dedicated in this month. Why? So a number, number of reasons are given. One is because this month has no holidays, and like Nebuch, like let's, let's, let's like even the ground here, let's give Cheshvan its celebration also. But there's also another reason is that the first temple was actually completed in the month of Cheshvan. It's actually in the Book of Kings. It's explicit, it's on a midrash. It's explicit that in the month of Cheshvan, the first temple was completed, though it waited 11 months till it was dedicated. It was dedicated in Tishrei of the following year. The same thing with the Mishkan. The Mishkan was finished in Kislev, and according to tradition, on the 25th of, of Kislev, which is of course Hanukkah, it was finished, but the dedication waited until Nisan. So here we, again, we have um, a, a deep connection between the name of Mashiach, Yenun Shemo, that the third temple will be dedicated in this month, and that actually there was something great that happened. And speaking of that, I, I do want to mention, um, so I don't forget, today actually is a very significant day. Who can tell me what's today? Right. And so a lot of people say, okay, there's no holiday, there's no fast day, but there is something important. As we speak, there's literally tens of thousands of people at Kevah Rachel right now, and in the course of the day, uh, untold tens of thousands of people will, will, will make it there. And then we'll have, you know, we have another year at site that's become a holiday for many people. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. Next week is Reb Shlomo's year at site. It's true. Um, but I learned something. The day of uh, Benjamin and his twin sisters. Also, I mean, they were born on the day that she died. Um, it's also very significant. My wife gave birth to our first child today. That's good, Olive. And my wife's name is Rachel. And we didn't make the connection until someone mentioned, because my wife was in labor, and of course Rachel passed away in childbirth. So it was like... I hope they did it after well, they No, it was before. No, no, but it was good. It was good because it, it, was, a, it was a long, long, <laughs> long birth process. And it, it was like, it kind of like got her hormones like moving. <laughs> and Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem, we had a healthy baby. Boy or girl? Girl. Okay, so... Ah, so I learned from Rav Ginsburg, it's a beautiful little remez, that uh, he says, today should be the Jewish Mother's Day. It should be the Jewish Mother's Day. Why? It's because of the whole idea that, that Rachel was buried where she was buried, because in the future, when we were taken into exile, we would have to pass 
her kever, and that from that time till now she is crying for her children. This is in in Yirmiyahu, um, where he says, "Call the Rama." A voice is heard in Rama. The Rama kol nishma. A voice is heard. Rachel mevacha al baneha. Rachel is crying for his children, for her children, and then the shavu banim ligvulam. It became a very, uh, very, very famous song. Reb Shlomo wrote a song, and I remember very, very, very vividly that when the the three young boys were kidnapped, and I don't remember. It was about a month that no one knew their fates. But everyone was certainly praying for them to still be alive. That this song became like the theme song of all these different gatherings. I was at a, a few gatherings and I saw on TV, even I saw even in the Knesset they had a whole prayer service and and they and they sang this song, the Shavu Bani Ligulam. So this is because of the Sud of Rachel Imenu. So the, the, the Remez is, today is the 41st day of the year. 41 is Gematria Aim, Aleph Mem, Mother. And this is the day of Rachel's Yurtzeit. So Rav Ginsburg said this, he meant it, not tongue-in-cheek, he said this really is the Jewish Mother's Day because Rachel because she's been crying for her children all of these years. And God revealed to Yermiyahu on the schut of Rachel's crying, we will return to the borders. Her children will return to the borders. Notice on, on her merit. If you could just hold for one, one second. We have just three more minutes of this, this part. Um, and then we'll have questions and comments. So I just want to connect the, um, just two more things, is the astrological sign. This does come from Sefer Yitzira. And I have to mention, uh, it's a whole subject of its own, a vast subject. But despite what many, many, many people think, the Talmud is full of astrological references. There is a part of astrology that is forbidden, and that is to try to tell the future. That is strictly forbidden to try to uh, determine our decisions based on what we think the planets are telling us. That is a sort. But a recognition that there is validity in certain influences from the stars runs through the Gomorrah. The whole book's written on, on, on this subject matter. Now, I just wanted to say that because a lot of people were like, well, why are we dealing with constellations or signs at all? Mazalot, yeah, Mazalot. So the one for uh, this month is Scorpio. And Scorpio also has this same thing. Scorpio... By definition, Scorpios are very intense people. This intensity could be for the incredible good, and they have 
and a tendency also to bite. And they can be sometimes deadly, so to speak, in their relationships. Scorpions have this intensity about them. And it fits in with the month um, exactly. The whole month, if you, if you follow this, there is this, like we said, it's Cheshvan is very close to Cheshbon. And the previous month of Tishrei were the scales. So that energy really continues into this month. Yeah, but we determine, that's the whole thing. It's really up to us to determine which way the scales of, of Tishrei go. And I'll just mention one last thing is, uh, this is not mentioned in Sefer Yitzirah, but it's, it, it's an obvious connection, is that there are four elements, and the constellations follow a, um, a sidra, a, um, an order of fire, earth, air, and water. And then it repeats itself three times. When we get to these, you'll see almost every single one is an absolute obvious connection. So this month is a water sign. The obvious connection is, there's two different opinions, Rashi brings them, but the, the opinion that virtually everyone goes after is that the flood began on the 17th of Cheshvan. So the connection with water is quite obvious. It's quite obvious. And what's also very interesting is in the Torah, in the Book of Kings, this month is called Bul. Bul. If you add a mem before Bul, you get Mabul. Mabul. And of course, mem is 40. The 40 days of the bull. And apparently, in Hebrew, you can sometimes uh, refer to a flood as simply bull. We usually say mabul, but in, in Jewish history there were times that bull itself meant flood. So here, that's a very, very deep connection.